G'day, g'day. It is a Tuesday and welcome back to the Slicks on in the Wet podcast. It's the Turkish Grand Prix edition. What a championship we've got. Strategy debacles. Lots to get into. Let's do it. Welcome one and welcome all. My name is Charlie. This is episode five and I'm feeling uh, optimistic. Uh, I think that is the common theme of this year. Very optimistic. Looking forward to this championship battle. Really starting to get to the point here now. Um, not many races to go. I think maybe four. Probably should have looked that up beforehand, but we didn't. And But we're, we're still here. So really starting to heat up. Max takes it back from Lewis uh, in... He, he's got a lead now, which he probably shouldn't have, but we will get into that uh, mistake by Lewis Hamilton. Uh, so Max currently holds a six-point lead, which is, to be quite frank, F all. Um, especially at this point in the uh, the year, as I mentioned. Really starting to get into it. And um, yeah, just really keen to see how, how it all unfolds. Obviously, the closest it's been in uh, a very long time. So... We will get into that, and um, yeah, I think we just jump straight into this Turkish Grand Prix. Righto, as all good race weekends do, we started on the Friday. A uh, bit of a common theme for F1, uh, as in it is exactly what happens every race weekend. Uh, Friday practice, nothing too much to report, uh, mainly just the, the rebirth of a, of a classic meme, uh, Kimi Raikkonen. Had problems with the drink again. Now he's seen, oh, when was that? Uh, maybe was it last year? Oh, no, it might have been a bit before that. Anyway, he he didn't have the drink. And this year, he did have the drink, but in a bit of a different fashion. It was all leaking down his leg. And, I mean, if, and if you've heard of Kimi Raikkonen before and how he talks, you know he he didn't really mince his words uh, <laughs> when telling the team that they'd maybe made a mistake Uh as I'm, I'm, as I'm sure he put it, just, 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 just a, an easy mistake to make. But uh, yeah, so Kimi wasn't happy on Friday, as you would be if you've just got water pissing down your leg. Um, like better, probably better than it's water than some alternatives uh, that could be running down your leg. I, I would argue that Kimi uh, maybe lost sight of the grand scheme of things, and he shouldn't really been glad it was only water. You know, he could have easily pissed himself, but he didn't. So, maybe you should be grateful. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, that's all that I have to report from Friday. Uh, Friday practice isn't, you know, my favourite of sessions in Formula 1, you know. If I was making up some sort of tier list, probably down the bottom. You know, I might go race, qualifying, practice. Um, but that's just how that is. Sorry to all the practice fans out there. I know you, they come in masses. But um, yeah, just not a fan of the old the whole practice thing. Uh, it, it probably makes the race worse if we're completely honest. But no, it is necessary. Uh, I just don't really tend to pay much attention to it, unless there's a good Kimmy quote to come out of it, which is always good, which is always what we want. So swiftly moving on, Saturday uh, qualifying, an interesting qualifying session. Um, no real surprises, uh, you know. <laughs> We've come sort of accustomed to that uh, over the last couple of weeks. Uh, obviously, George Russell is the main culprit of that. Uh, Lando Norris has been putting some good ones, but pretty simple uh, sort of order 
uh, as what that we're used to, but um, a bit of a different. It was wet. It wasn't wet. You know, we got all of that, and th- there was a few little shakeups. So Q1, uh, as it all starts out generally, uh, everyone was spinning. I mean, it was sort of it was slicks, but it was a bit wet. Uh, once again, slicks on in the wet. I've, I've managed to chuck that in two weeks in a row now, so that, that's good by me. If I'm if I do say so myself, but yeah, everyone was spinning. Stappen and Hamilton. I think it was a combination of that it was a bit wet, but also the rain was coming, uh, like real rain was coming. So they sort of tried to get laps in really early, which means they just didn't have time to heat those soft tires up. So you know, cold tires, less grip. See you later. You know, you're doing three sixties, and um, so yeah, that was um. Obviously, makes things interesting. Uh, also, Q1, uh, a very interesting uh, strategy call. Not the first one for the weekend, but Carlos Sainz uh, knew he was going to get a penalty. He uh, took the new engine, but opted in for the first qualifying session and managed to put Danny Rick out, which I wouldn't have thought of that beforehand. I, I would have thought, yeah, there's no point. But you don't actually... I just didn't think about what you could do to other people and... You know, Sainz did it perfectly, and uh, hats off to Ferrari. There's a few people saying it was uh, maybe not fair or sportsmanlike or whatever, but that that that's the game, you know. So for those who might not have seen it, Danny Rick was sitting in uh, 6, 20, <laughs> 19, 18, 16. Yeah, so Danny Rick was in 15th, uh, one spot out, one spot clear of the cutoff for Q1, and Sainz was down in 16th, and despite... He was so, so science was guaranteed to start at the back, but he decided to go quicker. Uh, I have it go at least going quicker than Ricardo, pushing Ricardo out, and then science just didn't ever bother going out for Q two. So very smart by Ferrari, um, and I mean it was all for nothing in the end. I think once Danny Rick realised that he uh, was going to be starting fifteenth, he took the new engine anyway and started alongside Carlos in the back of the grid. So. It was all sort of for nothing, but uh, it was still uh, a highlight for mine. So, also, uh, another Q1 highlight, Michael Schumacher. He got out of Q- Q1 for the first time in his life, and in, uh, first time in his life, first time in uh, Formula 1 and advanced into Q2, which obviously we love to see. Big Schumacher fan here. Um, and yeah, he deserves it. Obviously, he's a great talent. We, we've seen that through Formula 2. He obviously took out the Formula 2 uh, title last year. And the, to say he's been a bit restricted in the Haas uh, would be putting it very lightly. Uh, that Haas... Uh, my Commodore could beat it. Big call, I know, but... Um, yeah, the Haas is maybe the worst car we've ever seen in Formula 1. I, I don't know the history of bad cars that much, admittedly, but... God, it's a bad car. Um, but Schumacher was able to get it out of Q, Q1 and into Q2. Now, that is a good enough achievement. But when you see where his teammate, Nikita Mazepin, was, it looks even better because Mazepin, he was in 20th, which you'd think, oh yeah, shock. Mazepin's in 20th. Get something new. He was one whole second behind 19th. Now, I think the gap from, like... First to tenth is usually about a second. I, I I don't know the specifics of that. I probably could look that up, but 
a whole second in between two places from 19th to 20th is absolutely huge. And Nikita Mazepin, like, he's got his off-field troubles. And, you know, I'm not saying they should be excused, but, you know, people say, oh, just let the racing do the talking and or stuff like that. He's a racing driver. Why are you judging him on that? But he sucks as a racing driver. He absolutely sucks. And, like, he's just so... He constantly, constantly that, that far behind. So I've just got the... the uh, the result up here. So for Q1, Hamilton putting in at 24.5. Um, oh, okay. So Vettel down 11th had a 25.7. So the 25.5. Yeah, so all like Mick Schumacher had a 25.5. He was the second behind Hamilton who would go on to get pole. <laughs> Nikita Mazepin was a whole second behind Raikkonen in the 19th. So, oh, I don't know. I mean, I know why Haas have kept him on because he's got money coming out of every pore in his body, but like, there's, there's got to be a cutoff. Like, they suck. And even in the race, I know I'm jumping ahead a bit here, but and uh, Mick Schumacher was spun early, come back, Overtook um, Mazepin, which this is for for nineteenth, and then I think they were a minute behind the rest of the field, and the, the rest of the field was maybe so. I reckon eighteenth was a minute behind first, and then a minute back again was Schumacher and uh, Mazepin, the two Haas drivers. So I mean, I think that Haas might be the worst car of all time, and Mazepin may be the worst driver of all time. So. I mean, I don't think you've got to be a mathematician to work out that that's not the greatest combo uh, in terms of uh, good results. But I think there is a bit of light in the tunnel for Haas. I mean, apparently they've been working on the next year's car, uh, getting ready for the new regulations for, for a long time now. So hopefully they can pull it back out or something, but uh, they're, they're in the mud, I think. Like, they, it astounds me how bad they are. But anyway... Uh, Q2, pretty standard again. So, as I said, Signs didn't bother uh, going out, and why would he? He was going to start at the back anyway, and he, you know he didn't feel like he needed to chuck anyone out uh, again. So, which he probably could have, because that Ferrari was uh, pretty quick. And uh, but yeah, so pretty standard there. I think I think we lost the likes of Vettel. I think maybe just missed out, but you know George Russell obviously made to Q2 again, and he was gone. And so yeah. Pretty standard stuff. Uh, Q3, uh, as I mentioned earlier with Danny Rick going out in 15th, McLaren were the team that were a bit off it. I think Lando Norris only got the 7th. McLaren were off this whole weekend, and I'll get a bit get a bit into that a bit later. But, yeah, McLaren a bit off it, which is going to happen, I think, over the course of a year. You're going to have some some down days, but obviously wasn't to be for McLaren. Um, Bottas... Sort of took pole. I'm not sure about the rule of that. There's a bit of talk over the weekend who actually took pole because we knew before qualifying that Lewis had a 10 place penalty, but obviously he was still going to try and get the highest he can to limit that damage, a bit of damage control, if you will. So, but Hamilton actually went fastest. So does he get pole? I think he got the tire award. So, but yeah, it's an interesting one. 
I think I'm not sure who thinks what or what the right thing to think is here, but I think Lewis still deserves the pole award. I think the, you can argue whether he, because of the penalty he knew he was going to get beforehand or whether... He, I mean, he got a penalty for a new engine, I think. Yeah, he did. And um, so that might have helped him get pole. So the penalty... Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, no, nah, I've changed my mind on that. Mid, mid-sentence, I've changed my mind. I think because the new engine, the reason he's getting the penalty could have helped him towards getting pole means that he shouldn't get the pole, official pole award, which really means it, uh, sweet F all, but, yeah, so, no, I think Valtteri should be named as pole, as he was the fastest with legal parts, if you will. Yeah, yeah, that, no, that means, no, I'm happy with that. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Um, Valtteri got pole. Um, quick shout-out to Charles Leclerc and Pierre Gasly, once again, Snuck themselves in that top six. They are way... They're the wing. They're so good. I think people forgot how good driver Charles Leclerc is, especially. I think it's pretty well documented that Pierre Gasly's uh, outperforming that Alpha Terry. But, you know, I've seen a lot of praise for Lando Norris. Um, and rightly so. I'm not saying Lando deserves anything less. But I think the McLaren's a better car than the Ferrari. And quite often, Charles Leclerc is, you know... Can pro- Probably more consistently, not not got consistently outperforming uh, Lando Norris, but he's consistently there. Like I think Lando has a higher ceiling, but he also has a higher uh, base. Uh, is that the right word? A higher, uh, like a lower base, if you know what I mean. So you often see Norris shoot up, get second or pole, but then he as this weekend down in seventh. Charles always seems to be on the money, getting it there in you know fourth, fifth, sixth. So. Uh, underrated drives and it sort of leads to that point of um, especially with Pierre of <laughs> should he get the Red Bull seat I mean obviously I think uh, I think Perez was down in 5th like out uh, yeah it was 7th oh Norris was 8th sorry I've just messed that whole thing up but I mean proof of point any, even more but yeah Perez was down in 7th uh, um, got <laughs> beaten by Alonso actually. So, it, it, yeah, I think they may have pulled the trigger a bit early, Red Bull. But I, I think um, Red Bull have been looking for sort of some stability for some time now, which I think they should. But and, and whether Gasly would want to go back to Red Bull, I I doubt it. After well, I mean, it's pretty well pretty well known what happened there, but. I think a few teams have maybe pulled the trigger a bit early on their driver signings, which I get you want to do. You want to lock in drivers, but also if they're underperforming, you don't sort of want to lock them in. Perez, I th- I think he's done enough. I don't, I don't think, given a clean slate, he would be the first choice that Red Bull would make, but he's there. He, you know, he's learning the car, new regulations. Stability going into new regulations, regulations is pretty important, so... You can sort of get where Red Bull's coming from, but I mean, I, I've seen a stat: Gasly's uh, outqualified Perez a lot um, this year, and in a clearly worse car. I mean, if the AlphaTauri is better than the Red Bull, or you, if you even try to make that argument, <laughs> you can t- just don't because. Uh, 
So, my main, main point is Pierre is going really good, and so is Charl. Perez, pick it up. But obviously, he did in the race, so we'll get into that now. Uh, Sunday, um, wet, Inter's all race. <laughs> well, sort of. We had a, one lap of Sebastian Vettel doing God knows what going on to mediums when it was clearly wet, but... Yeah, it was later on, but um, yeah, a wet wet race and one of the I'm not gonna say boring wet races, but a safety car at least. <laughs> I just maybe a, maybe a VSC, I don't know, but yeah, it was a, a no DNFs, especially a whole race on Inters, and we didn't see one DNF or one at least just a spin into a barrier or something like just none of it. Which was, I mean, is it good or is it bad? I mean, it's probably bad for entertainment value, good for the sport. I, I'm not sure, but yeah, it was uh, one of the duller, duller, more dull. I'm going to go with more dull wet races. But yeah, there was a bit of action early. Turn one, Alonso tried to do Alonso things and got spun by Pierre. Now, Pierre got a 10-second time penalty for that. Or was it five? I think it was five, actually. Um, but, yeah, very rough, I thought, uh, for Pierre Gasly. If you watch his onboard, it looks night and day like he should have got a penalty. And then you just see Perez was on his inside. Uh, you sort of see him come through, and you're like, oh, well, clearly it's not his fault. He couldn't go in because Perez was there. But... And then ended up having to just hit Alonso, but then yeah, still got the penalty for it. And um, yeah, very rough. He he said he got sandwiched over the team radio. It sort of looked like he understeered into him, but then yeah, Perez was on his inside. So I, I don't know what more he can do in that situation. I think it's on Alonso making the overtake to to ensure that that doesn't happen. But yeah, so. Bit of a weird one for mine, um, but what can you do? Um, but then Alonso uh, sort of gave it back uh, later in the lap. Later in lap one, uh, he spun Schumacher around. I actually didn't see a replay on that, but from all accounts, I don't think there was one on the broadcast. There may be. There may have been. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, spun him around, and uh, that's obviously when Schumacher went to the back. And you know, I think Alonso held pretty steady. Um, so that all's all's good then's good. So and then Schumacher was obviously way behind but was obviously able to come through and end up beating Mazepin in the end. So that's um good signs from uh the young German. Um another one to watch from the start, Carlos Sainz, as I mentioned earlier, had to start from the back uh due to that engine penalty. Uh, he seemed to come out of nowhere. I don't know if he did it all on lap one or turn one or what happened, but he got up to tenth by lap 14, he was in 11th before that, and just flew, I think he was just picking off nearly lap, every lap, the same spot, just picking off overtakes, and I've seen a, uh, a good thing on, uh, I think it was Twitter, like, you know, Sainz is having a good race, when they actually show it, and it was a bit refreshing to see a bit of Carlos Sainz, because it's not often that uh, Sky Sports love showing Carlos Sainz for some reason, but you know, he had a, uh, a great few opening laps, um, yeah, as I said, he was into the points by lap 14, when he uh, had a dodgy overtake on Vettel, which I mean could have ended bet, uh, could have ended pretty bad if 
he was overtaking uh, Sebastian Vettel. I think Vettel was the only person in the grid who could have handled that. Sainz sort of flew up the middle, and then Vettel was like, oh, I'll better, better leave him some room here. Sort of got out of the way, and then Sainz got on the power way too early, lost it a bit, and then nearly, then hit Vettel. <laughs> so Vettel was like, what more do you want me to do? I've just given you room. I've let you pretty much have the spot, and then you still bloody uh, came across and clipped me back wheel. So, yeah, I mean, good by signs, I suppose. <laughs> he, he got the position, and um, uh, off he went. Um, We've seen uh, sort of midway through the lap as uh, Perez was coming up through seventh. Uh, a good little... Oh, sorry, wrong way around. Hamilton obviously started from 10th or 11th, actually. And, yeah, it was coming through the field. He, you know found it pretty easy. He was way quicker than everyone else. Uh, I remember, especially the overtakes on Lando Norris come to mind. Just had it done way before the corner. and It was just so much quicker. like 1.3 seconds quicker per lap, which is ridiculous. And But Perez was nearly able to hold him off. He was coming and then from pretty much the last sort of three corners to maybe turn three, of the next lap, Perez, they were, they were side by side, and they had a drag race pretty much, you know, Honda engine, V Mercedes engine, um, on the start finish track, it was good to watch, and I think it was, I've just got a little note here, how good uh, Jensen Button's uh, commentary was, which, you know, he's not a commentator uh, very often, he does some work that we've seen for Sky Sports, but um, yeah, very good, thoroughly enjoyed having him there, he Obviously, paired with Crofty, I think Crofty, as much as uh, sticky gets for getting things wrong sometimes, uh, Crofty's an excitement machine. He knows how to commentate. He knows how to uh, create create a vibe, if you will. <laughs> um, but yeah, Jensen Button had really great insight, but it was also, yeah, great in moments like that. So, quick shout out for that. And a <laughs> uh, bit better than old Nico Rosberg. Um, I think he... Might have had his last race after the whatever happened. At, I think it was Hungary. Was it Hungary? Oh, I don't know. But yeah, it was a bit weird. <laughs> you know, Rosberg, but I mean, you do, you pal. But um, yeah, so loved having uh, Jensen Button there. And uh, yeah, great call on the Perez uh, Hamilton uh, fight, which is oh, clearly a highlight uh, of the race. Um, you know, especially in the wet. I mean, can't be easy. <laughs> Speaking easy to say from uh, my little chair here in my room, but yeah, good to watch. And um, yeah, I did think it, it. I think it makes me even more excited for next year's regulations because I mean, all the drivers say that these, the current regulations, oh, it's too hard to pass. It, you can't go wheel to wheel, or you can't follow whatever. But you know, if we're still getting battles like that with these regs, I mean. Sky's the limit for, for next year, if they do what they say they will. So, that was um, very good to watch. Um, <laughs> then the next sort of note I've got here is uh, Scientist Seb. Uh, you know, Seb, Seb Vettel is obviously known for doing uh, many things. He's a man of many talents. And he was the scientist. He, he, he said, uh, let's see how these mediums go. And let's just say... Not one of his more successful uh, experiments. You know, his hypothesis uh, probably wasn't proven uh, the way he wanted it to be. You know, he pitted 
he came out, he looked very wet, um, but, you know, he came out and yeah, it didn't end well <laughs> at all uh, within the lap. He was back in, putting on into, <laughs> I think he came over the radio and just sort of said, yeah, it didn't work. <laughs> and uh, I don't think anyone was surprised by that. I don't think he was. I don't know what he was thinking, but eh, it is what it is. Someone had to do it. And, um, you yeah, know, Vettel was the one. But, uh, yeah, and then sort of getting to the pointy end of the race now, strategy, drama. Uh, it was very interesting, uh, the, the sort of the no-stopper that came into to sort of action. And I don't, oh, no, I did know, but I didn't really think it would ever happen. I, I knew that the rule wasn't you had to make a pit stop. It was had to, you had to use two compounds of tyres, which in the wet you don't have to because... I mean, it's there's only one set, one, one compound of tyre for the conditions. Otherwise, it just becomes unsafe. So, um, yeah, so they only had to use Inters. And if you wanted to use the same pair of Inters for the whole race, I mean, go for it. We've seen Ocon actually made it to the end. I mean, his tyres were uh, very worse for wear. It looks like a massive hole was just in one of them. But, you know, they held up. So, I mean, <laughs> you do you. Um, but yeah, so it started getting talks of, I think if he didn't pit early, it was sort of now, it sort of got to a point of now or never when he pit stop. So Leclerc uh, was leading the race for a bit and he sort of thought, oh, can we stay out? Because he, I mean, if he had if he had had the pace, he would have won <laughs> probably, but it looked as though pace was dropping off and people were pitting for new enters and they were sort of nearly a second faster than those on, on the old sort of almost slicks at that point. So Leclerc pitted early and then it was a weird one where the tyres go through and this was this is where Jensen Button's insight was actually pretty cool. They sort of, they're good for a bit and then they die off for like five laps and then they come back to life. It was, it was a weird thing. We've seen Leclerc go through that and then Hamilton, obviously, we've seen, he held off the team. The team was telling him to come in, and then he said, sort of said, no, no, no. And then he eventually did come in, and when he did, he um, lost so many places, which I, I think if they didn't go early when they originally said, once he made the decision to continue, they they shouldn't have brought him in because he just didn't have the time to make it up. And then, obviously, the tyres went through with that that weird phase, that five laps where I said they die off and then it was nearly gasoline. Norris looked like half a sniff actually passed him as well. So, you know, he dropped uh, right down the, the order as, um, which was like tough for him to take because as I think, uh, I think, yeah, they said in the commentary box that they were pretty sure that Hamilton didn't know he was going to lose them sort of places and, uh, there was a radio message that uh, came over. It was Hamilton's engineer sort of said, Gasly's behind you. And he's like, why have you done this? And which, yeah, so tough one. I think, as I said, I think once they couldn't, once he didn't come in early, they had to leave him. Um, you know, I don't think he was ever going to make it. Uh, ever going to make be able to make back up what he would have lost if he stayed out, if you know what I mean. So, because you lose a good 25 seconds on a pit stop, and I don't think you're going to lose 
25 seconds by staying out on them old inters. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, tough one for Hamilton, especially with Verstappen sitting up in second. Um, he would have known that he was probably going to concede the championship lead, which can't be easy. Uh, I mean, don't think that's the best thing he would have wanted. Yeah, I don't think he would have, you know, opted for that in that yeah, at breakfast that Sunday morning. But it's what happens. And um, yeah, so he was obviously furious at his team, which is stark contrast to how he was last week when he was. Oh, thank God I came in. Thank God the team. As soon as the team stuff up. No. Nah, I'm going to McLaren. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so. Weird one. Um, I think it is partly the team's. I think it's his fault for not coming in early, but I think it's the team's fault for bringing him in later. So, yeah. Um, yeah as I mentioned, I mentioned Ocon's uh, zero stop. And just a final point. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo, I don't think they mentioned this at all he sort of had a good he pitted for new inters and then sort of didn't look like he was going well but then really came the tyres came to life and he really made a push and he was sitting like 11th with like 3 laps left looking to pass Stroll in 10th and then by the end of it two Alfa Romeo's had passed him and he was down in like 12th or 13th I I don't know what happened he must have spun but I was like, it was a good drive from Ricardo to make up them places, but yeah, yeah, he shit the bed at the end there, which was I don't know what happened. I just wanted to mention it because I noticed it because I was watching him like, oh, if Ricardo can get points, he'd just be unreal. And then it looked as though he just died, which I mean, these things happen. What can you do? But you know, that was the Turkish Grand Prix. Max is back ahead, six points, and uh, Bottas win, obviously well-deserved, didn't really mention it there, but I didn't really think I mentioned it all, Bottas won, um, double double podium for Red Bull, so Perez was able to call it back, and um, a bit of a redemption day for, for Sergio Perez, I think, I mean, I think I've first put my hand up that I've been pretty critical of uh, Sergio, especially after getting re-signed, but, you know, he proved he's still got it, and um, he, he has done that during this year, and I think as I said, I think he is the right call uh, at the moment, but, you know, he does still need to prove that. And, um, you know, he did this weekend, and uh, so did Valtteri. I mean, he's obviously on the way out, but... And, uh, yeah, so exciting stuff. Uh, overall, pretty good race weekend. As per every other week, we've got uh, predictions to react to. Uh, so in the last podcast, I... Uh, predicted what I thought would happen at this Turkish Grand Prix and we'll just run through um, those now and we'll see how it went. So, I had Saturday, I had uh, Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton and Lando Norris, uh, top three. Not, mm, not, yeah, not my best effort. Uh, obviously, Verstappen had him first, he was in third. Lewis had second he ended up uh, taking pole but Norris was probably the thing to let me down there I had him a third I had a, a good um, sort of weekend plan for McLaren and yeah he finished eighth so he was nowhere near it so can't really give myself a tick or even a half mark there so pretty poor uh, Sunday uh, the race I had Max Verstappen winning followed by Charles Leclerc followed by Lewis Hamilton 
don't hate that one, uh, actually. Um, purely, I mean, I know obviously Max didn't win, and I know Lewis wasn't even in the top, in the top uh, three, but having, I mean, Charles Leclerc finished fourth. So, to know that he was going to be in the mix, I mean, it's pretty obvious he's going to be in the mix, but I had him for a good race. Finished fourth, just outside, so I'm counting that as a half mark uh, for mine. Um, as I said, Charles Clerk, very underrated, which is weird for a two-time race winner, but anyway, um, but yeah, the, the headline, I said McLaren and Ferrari would be within five points. Now, I thought, I think at the time, they were around 16 points. Uh, that gap is now seven and a half. So, very close, um, but not to be. I think, uh, yeah, Sainz finished in eighth. If he got a few places higher, well, I needed two and a half. So, if he if he finished one place higher and overtook Norris, I would have had it, but wasn't to be. Very close, wasn't to be. Um, Mazda Spins... I had him for one. The official uh, website, mazaspin.com, uh, had him down for two and a half during the weekend. Now, what happened in that half spin, I, I don't know. But we're going with the official the official books, the, you know, the Mazaspin uh, Championship Association. Uh, we'll go with their official numbers. And they, yeah, had two and a half down. I only had one, so missed out there once again. I don't think I've got one of them right, but... Yeah, so not some not the worst reaction, not the worst sorry predictions I've done, but uh, certainly not flash. Right, it's time for my favourite segment. Before we get into my other favourite segment, the, the Slick Seven, I want to talk about the Aussies in the Aussie review. Just for just a quick one, um, Danny Rick, obviously the the front the poster boy for Australian motorsport, just wasn't there. Uh, this weekend, I mean, obviously, he qualified terribly and then took the engine penalty, which sort of hides the fact that he wasn't flash. Um, but, uh, yeah, it wasn't the best race from Danny Rick. If he had got maybe, like, Sainz managed to get into eighth from that 19th. Um, yeah, if, if he hadn't managed to get points, I would have, you know what, fair enough. But, yeah, he finished uh, down at 13th, so... Not the best, but it was a pretty off week for McLaren as well. So, I mean, obviously Lando only managed 7th in the race and qualified 8th, so, which is um, behind where McLaren want to be. So, not all on Danny Rick, but, you know, certainly not the, the highs of Monza that we've seen him uh, be able to achieve this year. So, Danny Rick, yeah, pretty meh, but not too bad. Um... F2, probably the most talked Australian. I've uh, talked about Australian of the last sort of month or so in the motorsport world. Oscar Piastri, still that Alfa Romeo state is still open. Um, yeah, it's a lot of talk. I think this sort of stuff coming out now that sort of money doesn't talk as much as we all thought with uh, Zhu going to get the seat. Obviously, Zoo is coming second in F2. Piastri currently leading still. Um, so, a lot of talk there. Will Giovinazzi keep the seat? Uh, obviously, Piastri is a Alpine uh, Academy driver. So, there's talk that um, 
you know, Alfa Romeo sort of don't, don't want to pursue a Piastri due to, you know, every chance he'll just come in and leave for Alpine. So it is tough. I think I still think Giovinazzi should keep that seat, but if he doesn't, uh, and Piastri doesn't get the seat, and like if Piastri doesn't get the seat, sure. But if Zhu does, uh, we riot. And and that is a message to Alfa Romeo. Um, I'm going to get, what is it, 26 million Australians. We're going to get, you know, say maybe some have work on that day. I reckon I can get 15 million Australians to uh, sort of storm, storm the Alfa Romeo headquarters, sort of uh, American capital style. Maybe not. Maybe we just go down there and ask them politely. If you can please uh, put our boy Oscar in the into that seat, I'm I'm sure they'd be reasonable people down there at Alfa Romeo. I'm sure they'd have their reasons, and but you know we we will come in numbers, and uh, that is an official warning. I uh, wouldn't take that lightly. If I was you, Mr. Romeo, I'm sure that's your, I'm sure that's your name. Uh, but yeah, Piastri has to get the seat soon. I like. No, he doesn't. He doesn't have to get the seat, but it's a bit more respect on his name. There's just no like he's leading F two by by a bit now. After he won the last two races, like Mick Schumacher was a shoe in for a seat. I don't think has Piastri had an F one test even. I feel like he has. I feel like I read that somewhere. But even then, like come on. But obviously, seats are pretty tight, and young talent is in abundance in Formula 1, so it does make it difficult, and, look, I do understand, but, can't help but get emotional for our boy, so, praying Piastri gets a look in soon enough. And now it's time for everyone's favourite segment, it is the Slick 7, this is where I take uh, seven things, uh, and sort of list them, because I can, and, no particular order, except, I'm going to make it a rule now that, the slick seventh is the best. The rest can put them in whatever order. Um, but yeah, so one of seven. Oh yeah, didn't even mention it. It's the best one-off liveries in uh, in honor of that white Red Bull. I think that looks so cool, and it would look so cool at Japan. Uh, obviously, the Honda ties uh, to that Red Bull team, but it won't feature here. Uh, I'm just sort of saying that now, not because it wasn't cool, but just to get some other. Uh, in there, I think Red Bull do make up a fair chunk of this list. You know, they're not scared to do some wacky stuff with their uh, delivery. So, uh, one of seven, we actually do have a a, a Red Bull entry. <laughs> Words, Charlie. Uh, it is the Star Wars livery of Monaco 2005. If you've seen it, the car isn't actually... I mean, it was 2005, it's a much different time. Um, I was three. Personally, wasn't critiquing uh, F1 leverage at that point. Um, but yeah, so different time. The the main reason it's on this list is how cool the the pit crew were. They're all stormtroopers. Now, I've seen about three Star Wars movies, but I know that's cool. They were genuine stormtroopers with the stormtrooper helmets on. That, what more could you ask? Imagine the team did that today. That'd be sick. Uh, the the car itself was I mean left left a lot to be desired, but the rest of the crew looked cool. 
I mean, I'm not sure if it's cool Star Wars stuff, but it it did what it intended to do very well, and that's all you can ask for. Um, the second uh, number two or seven is a probably a surprise to most people. It's, it's Alfa Romeo from Monza this year. The the only reason I put this on here is because of how terrible the Ferrari livery is, and how well Alfa Romeo did the Italian thing. Um, and just pretty much showed up Ferrari and it's like this is how you do a livery I, I hate the move I hate the burgundy on the Ferrari not so much as a concept but it's so poorly done it's not even a gradient it's just like a hard line it looks so bad I hate like I, Ferrari pretend like they're so oh we can't do anything with our car because it's just a red car you can Early two thousands Ferraris looked cool with like they had the green in there. There was a bit of a bit of a green and white sort of incorporation. There's still still the red Ferrari, of course, but they had a bit of um, a bit of personality or something. And then so to see Alfa Romeo pull off that Italian uh, livery so well was like a big sort of wake up call for Ferrari. I hope because. That Alfa Romeo looks sick. I mean, the Alfa Romeo livery this year is already one of the cooler ones. Like, definitely on the grid this year. And uh, recent years, I think, as well. So, um, yeah. So, when they added that, sort of the green and the the white and the sort of the more reddy red, um, if that's a typical artistic term, uh, to the livery, it looks so cool. Uh, the 3 of 7... Uh, going back to 1986 at Portugal, the McLaren at uh, the Marlboro Yellow. Um, if you know, if you, if you think iconic uh, F1 liveries, the Marlboro Red McLaren was is it's right up there. And I actually hadn't seen this until I started do, do a bit of research today. The to, pro- to promote the new sort of brand of or Marlboro bringing out a new line of of products and they just changed the red to yellow and it looks so cool um it was sort of it's just a white with sort of yellow um sort of triangles <laughs> it's, it's very simple but works well especially because of how iconic how iconic sorry the uh, the Marlboro red um livery is so changed to yellow looks equally as cool uh the 407 uh the Jaguar which I believe is pretty much just another Red Bull entry uh, the Jaguar Diamond um, livery, Monaco 2004. I'm not sure if they actually changed their livery, but what they did is put a genuine diamond into the nose, like just sitting on the nose of the car, which, I mean, that just screams like piss off money. Like They, they just want everyone to know that they piss money and you know, look good doing it. I mean, ironically, they actually lost the diamond. Uh, I can't remember what it was. It actually crashed. And the diamond went missing. I think there is a very rich marshal out there. And they know who they are. And um, no, but good on them. I would have done the same thing. They've nicked the... Uh, and I think it's come dislodged and they've just oh, picked it up. Because it's never recovered either. So, I mean, shout out to that marshal who obviously stole the diamond. But got away with it. Um, so that's good by him. Uh, five of seven. I think every... Oh, no. So, the next two are pre-season Red Bulls. So, 5-7 is the... They called it the Camo Bull. It's... 
this is more of like a context sort of thing. It didn't look... It sort of, so, it, what it was in pre-season 2015, it was white with like black... heap of like black lines. It sort of looked like an Islander tattoo with like these different lines and um, sort of patches and uh, different sort of... Oh, I don't know, like swirls and then all the... The logos were sort of incorporated into that. It just sort of looks like it's like white with a heap of different like black lines on it, just going every which way. And it looks cool, but the reason it's on this list is because it was actually because it's preseason testing. They don't want to give away too much of about their aerodynamics and that. So they thought if they just sort of make it little sort of look real trippy, teams won't be able to tell which aerodynamics going where. So I mean, apparently it didn't work at all. And I don't I wouldn't expect it to, but yeah, I mean, love the effort. And it actually looked really cool too. So and just following on from that, six of seven is the I th- oh, this one was so close to being the six seventh, but I couldn't do it. But the blue sort of camo of the Red Bull in twenty eighteen preseason just look it up it is the coolest low it's sort of black and then it's sort of got this blue camo on it but it's not camo it's like a with i don't want to sound completely stupid it's like a digital camo if that makes any sense of like a dark blue and then it's got like the white bull on it it looks so cool just look it up it's pretty everyone's got google got your phone in your pocket um yeah just look it up so cool and finally, the the slick seventh it has to be easily the best livery I've ever seen on a car ever. It's the Golf McLaren from Monaco this year. Need I say more? It was in honor of uh, I want to say fifty years with Golf, the oil company. They uh, it annoys me that that's not their actual livery now because it looks so cool. That the overalls were cool. The whole, every bit of merch that come from that was cool. And, yeah, so, it was just, it's so good to look at. But, yeah, that's the Slick 7th for another week. Um, look forward to continuing this train because, I mean, what a train to be on. The Slick 7, let's go. Right, as we sort of wrap up this uh, podcast, uh, we look to the United States Grand Prix next week, uh, the Circuit of the Americas. Uh, sort of a balanced track in terms of uh, power or downforce, or downforce. Sorry, so um, some predictions. Um, so purely gut feel again. I'm not I'm no good at it. I'm just sort of hoping I'll guess and then get one of them right. I'm just I want a three right. I want a bang bang bang, all right. Just one of them would be make me make me day. So qualifying, I've gone for Stappen, Bottas, Hamilton. Because um, they are fast drivers. Why have I gone Bottas over Lewis? Uh, recency bias, that's called, because Bottas won, and I think he deserves that mantle. The very coveted mantle that is the slicks on in the wet predictions. Uh, Sunday, uh, I've gone Lewis, Max, Pierre Gasly. Once again, I don't know why, I think he... He's, he's been hovering around, and I think we're due for another ghastly miracle, as we've seen uh, 
where we see that Monza god that took me way too long to think of Monza 2020 and uh, a ghastly miracle is inbound I think so yeah also go on Hamilton Max then Gasly uh, headline you will see I've gone so obviously Saturday I had Lewis starting from third and then Sunday I had him winning so my headline is Lewis gets Bottas and Max at turn one of lap one um once again, I don't know what actually what side. See, a real good F one podcaster would know which side the third grid spot is and whether that's on the inside or not. I'm gonna stick with it, but hopefully it's on the inside. So you just have a better chance, I reckon. But anyway, that's uh if that one comes true, that's gonna be the best one yet, because not only does that require Lewis getting two people into turn one, it also requires him to start third and have Bodass and Max ahead of him. So, I forget that one right. I might just end the podcast there. Um, and quickly, as per always, Mazda Spins, I've gone for one. I th- I, don't, I don't know why. I'm really confident on that one this week, though. I don't think I've got it right yet, but I'm really confident on that. So, uh, stay tuned. Rightio, that about wraps up this week uh, for Slicks On In The Way. Thank you all so much for listening. Um... Any feedback is always greatly appreciated. I don't think the video is going to work this week either. Uh, I've got the setup. I've got the, the camera. Uh, it's all good to go. But during the, the the recording of this, I've run into a few issues. We will work them out. Um, but yeah, uh, I think they will hopefully get a few clips out of this. I know I said that last week. But uh, yeah, as I said, clips are the way to grow this thing through TikTok and whatnot. So hopefully um i'll get that all sorted and um but yeah as i said thank you all so much for listening um if you enjoyed let me know if you didn't don't let me know because that'll hurt your feelings or do let me know you know maybe i need to be bring back to earth a bit but yeah um yeah so i'll see you guys uh after usa grand prix on the tuesday thanks